the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Only the good die young. It's never been more true than when we're talking about the presidency, huh? As this rat dimwit in diapers not only celebrates his Thanksgiving holiday, where he's the only one thankful for his presidency and the other cohorts of corruption at a $15 million estate. And where is he again? Where's the, where's the, the, the wannabe upper crust fraud? Uh, where Nantucket. Oh, sure. He's in Nantucket. But um, we're going to be told, we were told yesterday from his imbeciles how great the pricing and the economy is. And it's, it's, it's exhausting to hear failures and frauds in the corrupt Democrat mafia celebrate as they're one lap behind and continue to pretend they're in the lead. But that's what Democrats do. In particular, Democrats after JFK. Oh, it's true. And this is the anniversary of the 60 years of the government eliminating the greatest threat to the government's corruption, JFK. It wasn't long after this speech, in fact. I mean, was I supposed to scroll? Was I supposed to entertain KJP? I mean, are the people really desperate enough to hear lies from an affirmative action dimwit? All right. This Thanksgiving, we have a lot to be thankful for. That's enough for me. Shut your mouth, moron. Now let's get on to important topics. How your government, the government that is not only covering up for a dementia-ridden president, but a dementia-ridden president who is an asset of the communist Chinese, the oligarchs in Ukraine, who are on a daily basis weakens our nation and strengthens theirs. Let's focus on how it all got started. How was the government so emboldened enough to steal the most obvious election in the 2020 election? Well, because they already got away with murdering a president. If the press is awaiting a declaration of war before it imposes the self-discipline of combat conditions, then I can only say that no war ever posed a greater threat to our security. If you are awaiting a finding of clear and present danger, then I can only say that the danger has never been more clear and its presence has never been more imminent. This deadly challenge imposes upon our society Two requirements of direct concern, both to the press and to the president. Two requirements that may seem almost contradictory in tone, but which must be reconciled and fulfilled if we are to meet this national peril. I refer first to the need for far greater public information, and second to the need for far greater official secrecy. And I hope that every group in America unions and businessmen and public officials at every level 
will ask the same question of their endeavors and subject their actions to this same exacting test. I have no intention of establishing a new office of war information to govern the flow of news. I am not suggesting any new forms of censorship or new types of security classifications. I have no easy answer to the dilemma that I have posed and would not seek to impose it if I had one. But I am asking the members of the newspaper profession and the industry in this country to re-examine their own responsibilities, to consider the degree and the nature of the present danger, and to heed the duty of self-restraint. So he wanted to defund the CIA. The FBI would have never been the enterprise it is today. In fact, the idea of a DIA, of an NSA, and all all the three-letter agencies that destroy the principles of this country would have never been funded or moved forward. They needed a gangster. They needed a rat. They needed LBJ for that. And that's exactly what they did. Now, most people don't talk about LBJ enough or in the right context. See, LBJ and his dingbat, unattractive-looking wife were old-time gangsters. He used government power to build a fortune. Back then, he just used it to leverage both licensing for radio station and TV stations. And then he was just an all-around gangster who worked his way up through the mafia party back then, the Democrats, as they are today. But there's a lot of important things to recognize on the 60-year anniversary of the assassination of arguably a president who understood the principles of this country more than any other. Well, some of the surviving witnesses of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy are among those sharing their stories as the nation marks 60 years today since his death. Today in downtown Dallas, there are several exhibits and a ceremony honoring the late president. Fox 4's Alex Boyer is there live. Alex. Hey, Dan, you know, it's hard to believe it's been six decades. By the way, you should have saw it, Squirrel. There were, I mean, there were hundreds of people where John F. Kennedy was uh, assassinated. It was, uh, it was uh, astonishing. 60 years after. The, in fact, there's more people that are still interested in this, which is why the government refuses to release investigative paperwork that it's had since the greatest assassination of an American president by who I believe is the American government. Since then, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated uh, while his motorcade drove through Dealey Plaza here in downtown Dallas. Now, a couple hundred people have gathered here today at the plaza to commemorate the 60th year since Kennedy was killed. I'm told that there will be a moment of silence at 12.30 p.m. today. Now, new this year are banners that say JFK was here. They're strategically placed along the motorcade route Kennedy took that day, beginning at Dallas Love Field Airport, uh, where Air Force One landed. Now, you know what else? what was released today now it wasn't released because of the files that the government has the investigation that proves beyond the shadow of a doubt he was murdered by uh the government itself but what it has is uh independent scientists have worked the lie of the single bullet theory and this was released today but not released everywhere i don't know has it been on squirrel maybe you can help me have you heard this on any other radio show today or have you seen it on the news they mark 60 years since former president john f kennedy was assassinated while driving through downtown dallas it is a historic event that has fueled theories and conspiracies for decades about what exactly happened but now with modern technology an engineering and animation lab has found something new that they say proves the single bullet theory is wrong true crime correspondent brianna whitney is 
here now to show us what the lab found, and this could alter history. It sure could. This could be a big deal. The Warren Commission, who investigated the assassination after the fact, found the bullet that first struck President Kennedy is the same bullet that then went through Texas Governor John Connolly, who was sitting in the front passenger seat of the limousine. This is widely known as the magic bullet or the single bullet theory. But this lab claims after years of research, the same bullet hitting both men is scientifically impossible. We knew that. In fact, there was a lawyer that threw his entire life away over this. And he's still maligned only among government supremacists around. See, Squirrel, I think this is far more interesting than being lied to by affirmative action morons employed by government. The Warren Commission thought they had an open and shut case. Three bullets, one assassin. But two unpredictable things happened that day that made it virtually impossible. One, the 8mm home movie taken by Abraham Zapruder while standing near the grassy knoll. And two, the third wounded man, James Tay, who was nicked by a fragment while standing near the triple underpass. The time frame, 5.6 seconds, established by the Zapruder film, left no possibility of a full shot. So the shot or fragment that left a superficial wound on Tay's cheek had to come from one of the three bullets fired from the sixth floor of the depository. That leaves just two bullets. And we know one of them was the fatal headshot that killed Kennedy. So now a single bullet remains. A single bullet now has to account for the remaining seven wounds in Kennedy and Conley. But rather than admit to a conspiracy or investigate further, the Warren Commission chose to endorse the theory put forth by an ambitious junior counselor, Arlen Specter. Arlen Specter, who went on to political prostitution, the likes of which was not seen until Joe Biden reared his dead man head with that dead man hair sewn into his head like a doll. In the meantime, why, Squirrel? Why would they do it? I mean, was it just the peace and prosperity that JFK promised and was delivering on? Was it the anti-war position? Or did it take a lie to cover up another lie that nobody talks about? How many people know what who Bobby Baker is? Bobby Baker. See, Bobby Baker was the Ray Donovan of Washington, D.C. He was a notable scumbag who had a lot of dirt on a lot of people. And this story is what was going to break before the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And it was going to embroil in it the then vice president, LBJ. Not a lot of people talk about Bobby Baker, huh, Squirrel? Now, this is the Bobby Baker bombshell. This is going to be three issues of Life magazine consecutive to take LBJ to prison. This was the first one. There were three more. Unfortunately, Life magazine had to cover another subject, which was the assassination of the president, thereby taking LBJ off of the hot seat, making him the most powerful man in the world. But the Bobby Baker bombshell that they reveal in that issue of Life magazine was that he ran money to LBJ, but he also ran a strip of motels outside of D.C., a motel strip. And in there were high class call girls as Bobby Baker. And those high-class call girls, congressmen and senators would show up and have sex with these high-class call girls in these motel units. Drink. You know how it was in the 60s, Squirrel? You know how you can tell? The guys were actually having sex with women. Crazy idea back in the 60s. Drinking, partying, and then go back to D.C. That was run by Bobby Baker. That was the dirt they had on all the different people that LBJ could control. Now, if anybody would like to question that, here is from Congress... Seven months prior to the assassination of JFK from a congressman on the floor of Congress. 
starting with little more than one day's testimony before the Senate Rules Committee, I have become increasingly Senate. disturbed by yes. the connotations of... I the made a mistake, Well, He was a senator. Excuse me. ...revelations of that day and facts which have come to my attention since then. These connotations cast unjust reflections upon segments of our national banking system, if untrue. But if true, certainly require legislative as well as administrative correction. You mean that this could include banking to federal government and federal government employees, and they would be embroiled in the same scandal that so many congressmen and senators were owned a hotel owned by a fixer in Hollywood named Bobby Baker. Shocking squirrel. Shocking. I still find the only thing shocking about this is back then politicians of the male uh, species had sex with the female species. That's shocking. There are enough stories here in Washington as well as uh, all over the country of wrongdoing in some of these areas that I feel that it is only fair to those concerned and to the institution concerned. Oliver Bolton is his name. No relation to the Bolton with the porn mustache. And he was from Ohio and at this point was a congressman. He ran for Senate and lost. That this matter be be looked into so that the uh, breath of air can come into this thing and, and we will know. I don't believe that the hearings in the Senate committee, though they raised many questions, went far enough and were sufficiently probing to answer the questions which have been bandied about. There is no place for... This is a Democrat senator who will come to the defense of the scoundrels. He is Senator Everett Jordan. Back alley politics where we have a situation like the one that which exists today. Sooner or later, a determination must be made about whether or not certain witnesses should be called. At whatever point this decision is made, I'm sure there are those who would disagree with it. I'm sure there are those who would insist that we keep on calling witnesses regardless of whether or not their testimony was repetitious and added no information that the company and the committee already possessed. Bankers, congressmen, businessmen who were getting extorted by Bobby Baker were turning evidence. They had the evidence that led all the way up to the sitting vice president, and they needed something to take the attention away. Uh, Democratic White House contender Robert Kennedy Jr. blaming the CIA for assassinating his uncle, former President John F. Kennedy, back on November 22nd, 1963. There's a six-year cover-up. The, you know, the Warren Commission was run by Alan Dulles, who was the head of the CIA, who my uncle fired. Congress found that, yeah, it was a plot. It was a conspiracy. There were multiple people involved. RFK Jr. adding there is overwhelming evidence that the CIA was involved in this murder. I think it's beyond a reasonable doubt at this point. The CIA, of course, calls claims the agency was involved in the assassination of JFK a lie. Now, Kennedy is citing James Douglas's book, JFK and the Unspeakable, as having the most evidence. Tonight, RFK Jr. calling on President Biden to release all the documents about his uncle's death and follow through with the 1992 Assassination Records Act Biden voted for. The national debt was a scandal back then, Squirrel. It had gone from $260 billion to $290 billion. JFK promised to not enter any more wars and continue to borrow into oblivion. 
He wanted to curtail government spending. He also promised there would be no government agencies, no government censorship. In fact, what he promised is we would not have the government we have today, which is why he had to be eliminated, as Congressman Goldman would say. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. There are 18 agencies. Did you know that? There are 18 agencies that fall under the United States intelligence community. The Pentagon loses 50 cents per dollar that it's given by the American people. We do not know the official budgets of these agencies. So how much money was at stake? See, there was an obvious reason to get rid of this guy and make sure that anybody that holds the office in the future... They're of a single mind when it comes to who's the boss. Zapruder film establishes three shots in 5.6 seconds. Here. I'm Oswald. Time me. Go. Time? Between six and seven seconds. And that's without really aiming. Key is the second and third shots came almost right on top of each other takes a minimum 2.3 seconds to recycle this thing. The other problem is there was a tree there blocking the first two shots. And the evidence that they had at the time meant nothing. Commissions and committees and bureaucracy all came to the rescue. And what did they conclude? The safest answer. Not even close to the truth. It's like all of the investigations we now face. Whether it's covid Or the 2020 election. What happened? Whatever the government who's profited, what, a thousandfold since then? Whatever they say it is. And what about all of the files? Over the weekend, President Trump tweeted that he would release all the files related to President John F. Kennedy's assassination. This after a lot of pushback from government agencies, including the CIA. Right. So today we talked to a former CIA agent living right here in Tampa Bay who says a secret kept this long should have people worried about more than just conspiracy theories. What is still relevant now, 50 years later, that can't be disclosed? For seven years, Andrew Bustamante kept secrets. It was his job as a CIA agent and as a few opinions on the recent release of some of the JFK files. If it's deemed as secret information, it's supposed to have serious damage, serious risk to national security. But he says some secrets, as with these files, five decades later, he just doesn't see risk to national security as a problem. If it's not active, if it's not relevant, then why are we keeping the secret? Because the government doesn't want to reveal how long it's kept not only the secret, but how stupid the people were to not demand the truth. Because the only people that really benefited from the death of JFK was the bureaucracy in charge of the secret. Maybe the people start to think about that. Mitchell displays. Happy birthday there, uh, Scorpio, uh, Sagittarius Cut. Oh, thank Hope you. Hope you have a great solo return. Yeah. Um, number one. And number two, with regards to the JFK assassination, E. Howard Hunt, on his deathbed uh, confession, yeah, guy, he's the one that put together the, um, the project to go into the Bay of Pigs under Eisenhower. He said it was LBJ, David Morales, these are all CIA guys, CIA guys, uh, William Harvey, 
and a guy named uh, Cord Meyer. Now, JFK was having an affair with Cord Meyer, uh, and a year after JFK got killed, she got two shots back of the head in Washington. But Mitchell, how come no one talks about Bobby Baker and the scandal that led up to the oh corruption God, yeah. of everything from contracts given by the government to the old mobsters really? and friends of LBJ? They were running it the way the Chicago Mafia runs it in Chicago. And they had the evidence and they had senators and congressmen that were not only being extorted, but wanted to prosecute Bobby Baker. And after the assassination, whatever happened, they dropped really? it all because LBJ was the one that would have went to jail. Now he's in charge of the, of the government. Like like oh, Biden, really? like Biden. Take a look at the Bobby Baker stuff. It's fascinating. And there's congressional hearings. There's evidence. And it all went nowhere. He was the Joe Biden of his time, that rat bastard LBJ. Uh, Greg Rogers Park. Hi, Sean. I want to wish you and your family a very happy oh. Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you. Right back at Thank you for everything you've done. Thanks for everything you've done for me as a teaching me things and the great radio program you do. Thank you, brother. I just want to say I am so disgusted with J.B. Pritzker. He's a child murderer. He's bankrupting our state. He's corrupt as all get out. Well, and he's yet, not actually. You know, ch- he's to- not actually the child murderer. He's the facilitator of payment to the actual child murderers. But go ahead. Well, he still allows it, though. He's a facilitator, and, yeah. and he is a child murderer because he promotes it up to birth. You know. Oh, yeah, he's a facilitator. I, I, say- I feel more comfortable with facilitator, but go ahead. Okay, I understand. Um, but here's my thing. The media never holds him accountable, and the best they can do is show him drinking a shot of some garbage with core in a bar <laughs> as praising him as a great, trendy-type governor. Oh, really? Pritzker was drinking. There's something different than eating. I'll tell you one thing you're never going to have to look at. You'll never have to look at J.B. Pritzker doing a push-up or getting up from his seat. I don't think he does it on his own. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. 18 agencies. Nobody knows how much money. What about the mayhem? Not to mention Vietnam would have never happened. So not only would we have had 58,000 Americans lives that impacted our country, that were killed, all of the others that were injured wouldn't have happened. However, LBJ and all of the war profiteers wouldn't have made the money they did make. Stephen in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Hi, Sean. Happy birthday. And uh, something something interesting about the subject of uh, today's anniversary, of course. If you do a Google search for JFK wanted to disband the CIA, the first result that comes up is a uh, title called The Lie That Linked CIA to the Kennedy Assassination. Guess who it's published by? The CIA. It's, it's just... It's, Steve, it's one of my here. favorite moments in radio, one of, no one will ever know, and it's when we had a guy uh, kind of fraud the, the, what his book really was to the lovely Honey Bunny, and during the, the tease, what was going to be the tease, we discovered what it really was, and I canceled him. Because he was a propagandist for the government who came to the conclusion he was going to debunk Oliver Stone. I don't remember the name of his book. It might be Debunking Stone. I I can't remember. However, it was more propaganda. You see, and this is why I think it's an important topic. Because they got away 
with the lie. And the profiteering is one thing. Profiteering by government scum, that's what they do. Just take a look at any municipality. But how do you figure out the damage to America that was done by the CIA? The killing of people in in foreign countries alone. But what about all of the Americans that would have never had to die had the CIA not existed? And they want you to be thankful for an agency that never tells you the truth. So now that we know we've established that the government has been lying to us that we can prove, let's be generous and say since Kennedy, then why believe another thing they ever say, ever? You see, that's how it's supposed to be. But they have profited to the tune of our bankruptcy because back then it was a scandal and JFK would promise to never go into war because it would have added $30 billion to the debt. Now right. you're... Now you're at $33.8 trillion and morons calling themselves Democrats don't care if you give them $150 for Thanksgiving food stamps. That's well, yeah. how far the country's fallen. And, and you see headlines, Sean, from, you know, obviously they have no chance. Chris Christie and Nikki Haley that basically say, you know, regarding Israel or yeah. Ukraine, like, oh, beware of a ceasefire. Why? Don't you want people to live? No, the, they don't. La- the Laurel and Hardy couple of war profiteering and two fat ass bust outs that never been in a fight in their life in fact i think nikki haley could kick that dung out of that fat slob chris christie somebody told him cellulite was muscle i i i I give i give everything i have for one round with that pig thank you very much george in naperville yeah sean i remember when uh marilyn monroe sang happy birthday to uh john f kennedy and biden's back birthday just passed yeah. who do you think should have sang for him rosalind carter from hell what do you think of that you think he was going to stop me you didn't think he was going to stop me did you squirrel me either rich and in here park hey sean i got two things for you today right. first thing is happy birthday and chin down oh wow. i haven't heard that since my uncle's died thank you very much appreciate it <laughs> and the next thing is is i want to wish uh, you and your family everyone at uh, 560 and all your listeners uh, happy and healthy and safe Thanksgiving. And the last thing is I want to uh, say I'm thankful, uh, and I'm sure all your listeners are thankful, to have someone like you who comes on every day to inform us oh, about the truth of what's going on in this uh, country and around the world. You know, Rich, you're, you're, you're a 60s guy. You were around in the 60s. And you remember that the average American, regardless of religion or race or sexual orientation, they were proud of this country. There was something going on d- during the Kennedy years. There was a revival of not just patriotism, but of principles. He stood for limitations in this country to be the only place they ever were supposed to be on government. And uh, after the assassination, and I think Americans were blindfolded with the flag of the war profiteer, LBJ, may he burn in hell for a thousand millenniums. And they joined the military to go fight what they thought was a war. They never questioned the Gulf of Tonkin. They believed that if America said it, it was the truth. Is that right in the 60s? Yeah, but we're losing that now. We lost it. Well, we, you know, I don't know something, Rich. I'm going to tell you something. I don't want yeah. one kid to believe a damn word that comes out of Washington, D.C. That is oh, the one sure. entity in this country that every time it opens its fracking propaganda mouth, it's a lie. Right. And that's the, right. that's the one lesson to learn from this anniversary, this sad anniversary. Thank you very much, Rich. And the other thing to learn is that back then, even government employees, even ones that may have thought themselves to be Democrats, they were disgusted. And you know which agency, Squirrel, 
was the most demoralized? The very secret service that was used as a stalking horse, as a useful idiot to the PSYOPs assassination by three-letter agencies, now 18 in number, back then only one, the CIA. The Secret Service guys were very upset, and they knew who was responsible, that half-ass Texas gangster, LBJ. This is from a recording from the White House. The other thing Nixon did is he liked to have the, the, the White House recorded, so LBJ, this is his real voice. It's like he's calling from the balls of Haiti. I'm alarmed the situation which has developed between the President and the Secret Service. Morale in the Secret Service is an all-time low. A number of the members of the White House detail have asked Spencer, let me call you unless you want yes, something. Sir. You want that turned on? Yeah. 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 Uh, a number of members of the White House detail are asking for transfers. This is a great body of men. These men feel they are being prevented from doing their job properly. These men do not want favors, they just want to be accepted. We need them badly, especially in campaign year. Uh, they must feel the president appreciates their effort. If they do something wrong, they do not want to be reprimanded in public over a radio system, which lots of people listen to. The attachment this week, Sports Illustrated, is an example. I'll do anything you think proper. Uh, I just told Rowley that to call all of them in and take any of them's resignations they wanted to, and I'd be glad to have his if he wants it, or yours, or anybody else's. Uh, and if they don't want to handle it, we'll get the FBI to do it. I'm not going to have a car or a man that's got little enough judgment to be up 50 feet of me because I've had two members of my family that had their neck knocked out of joint because idiots follow them, and then when they stop in a hurry, uh, they get their neck jumped out. Nice guy, wasn't he? What a scumbag. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The reason this is important is it's only 60 years ago. So 60 years ago... The government got away with murder. Bar none. I don't give a rip what they say. We have the evidence. The evidence has been there from day one. Oswald, my ass. In the meantime, it'll be the same thing with Fauci, that pickle-faced profiteer. Corrupt whore. It'll be the same thing with the election of 2020. Everybody knows Joe Biden didn't win. And I will not be intimidated. But why will they be able to get away with it? Why have they gotten away with it? Because of JFK. That's the biggest test of it all. And they knew after that moment, the bureaucracy's in charge. All it has to do is the dreaded cover-up. Day in and day out, the cover-up. That would mean that we are intentionally covering something that does not have immediate impact. And since the assassination of the 35th president of the United States, conspiracy theories have circulated about a possible cover-up or inside job. To think that the government is so well-oiled that it can maintain a secret for that long. That's my favorite one. Oh, it's so... After all, they can't do anything. And this is a former CIA guy. The CIA has not only started wars and coup d'etats in Central South America, the Middle East. You're the reason Iran is what it is. You can't keep a secret? How about the man nobody ever knew? 
How about the names? How about the Dulles brothers? They're naming airports after those whores. May they burn in hell what they did to this country. And in the meantime, LBJ, he's touted as one of the greatest presidents, isn't he? And nobody knows Bobby Baker's name anymore. It's a bombshell. It used to be a real big bombshell. But the committee has a responsibility to me. And that responsibility is not to furnish a broadcasting studio for partisan politics where people are brought in to play the same record over and over again. Just hide it up. Cover it up. Now, this is the Bobby Baker bombshell. This is going to be three issues of Life magazine consecutive to take LBJ to prison. This was the first one. There were three more. Unfortunately, Life magazine had to cover another subject, which was the assassination of the president, thereby taking LBJ off of the hot seat, making him the most powerful man in the world. But the Bobby Baker bombshell that they reveal in that issue of Life magazine was that he ran money to LBJ, but he also ran a strip of motels outside of D.C., a motel strip. And in there were high class call girls as Bobby Baker. He's like the Jeffrey Epstein of his day. Only these girls were over 16. Of course, back then, politicians liked women if they were men. Chuck and Dullivan. Just remember, I want to tell you, first of all, Sean, uh, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Oh, thank you. And the next thing I want to say is I'll be at the bottle shop on Friday night dressed as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Claus. And the last thing I want to say is remember that within 30 hours after LBJ was sworn in, he put us back on the Federal Reserve banking system. Ask any pneumatist. Yeah. You have a great Thanksgiving. Too. He's a rat bastard, LBJ. Look what he did. Look, how's the war on poverty going? <laughs> Fracking moron. Tony Riverside. Happy birthday, Sean Thompson. Thank my you, second my you. second crabbiest friend, angriest friend Thank on the same birthday. I already talked to Brian earlier. Oh, Hennis, um, Hen Dog is the man. Yes, thank you. Yeah. He's a yes. bald version of me. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, he is. And you two are a lot alike, and I love you both for it. Um, but there's good news, Sean. I mean, first Argentina and now the Netherlands. And also Charleston, North Carolina. First Republican mayor. In over 110 years. So, so I got to start thinking. So start Chicago's thinking got 10 more years up. to go. Chicago's got 10 more years to go. All right, I like no, it. Way to we stay. probably have 20 more years to go, but I'm looking for things to be thankful for tomorrow, and that's, that's what I came up with. Oh, I love it. See, Tony, I'm, I, I'm thankful, too. I'm thankful I'm visiting. Uh, three, one, two. So, oh, I have a guest. Got a great guest. I want to talk more and more and more about the most obvious assassination by the government of an American president in U.S. history. The time they come as a crew to come. Didn't J. Edgar Hoover say something about that? Leaves it falling off in November? Was it Texas? What do you think had sexier underwear? J. Edgar Hoover or Harold Washington? Live Oak, Chief. It sheds its leaves the first week of March. So you take this car, Connor. I can tell you this. It's not the Duchess of Chaffington, Hillary Clinton, or Janet Yellen. By far, it's J. Edgar Hoover. We'll be back. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this 
is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Before we went to the break, I played you the clip of one of the most obvious gangsters as president that this country's ever had, and how the people who were a part of the Secret Service were so demoralized, they wanted to quit. They all wanted to quit, because they went from JFK to a gangster like LBJ. See, there was a time in this country when the people who worked in government were patriots before they were bureaucrats. They wanted the truth more than they wanted self-enrichment and mansions on the ocean. There was a time when you didn't have to be ashamed of people that you knew or were related to that worked in the government. My next guest is one of those people. Spent 33 years as an investigative management expert for the FBI. He's also the author of the book, The Fall of the FBI, How the Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. He is Thomas Baker. Thank you so much for joining me, Tom. How are you? Good to be with you, Sean. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. This is a, this is a sad day for me, and I'll tell you why. Um, it also happens to be my birthday. And every time I was a kid, I would look over and I would see my grandmother, my mother, father, relatives. And it was a somber thing because they, they, they were disgusted still, even though it was four years after that I was born, that JFK had been shot. And it piqued curiosity. And I looked into it all. And it was at that very young age, it was obvious to me that the government, I didn't even want to cover it as kind and was just incompetent. It was obvious to me that they were lying to the people. And this is something I think that most people skip over, but I'm from an old neighborhood where if you lie to me once, you're a liar forever. And I'm wondering, do you think that the government understands it has zero credibility with people who actually think? I don't know. Uh, Some people in the government see that as a problem, but a lot of people don't. They just go and march on. And you know what's interesting? I remember how different I felt as even though I was young, I was I was still a teenager. And I, I mean, I was in school and I was excited. I was involved in politics, watching Ronald Reagan win. And I didn't know what it was like when JFK had won. But there was a sense of uniting patriotism that I think was unlike any time after uh, uh, JFK until now. And that's when, you know, you, Reagan was the kind of president that was so loved. I think, what did, what did Mondale win? One state? Um, but that's the kind of atmosphere. And then I was watching television when the assassination happened, assassination attempt of Ronald Reagan. And I thought to myself back then, of course they have to kill him. He's a president who united the people. But you were working then and you were investigating then. And there were still enough people in government that wanted the truth. What was different between the Reagan investigation to his assassination attempt and what you you were young? I don't. Were you an FBI agent? You weren't. You weren't in the in the FBI when no, JFK. Oh no, no, I was. Uh, I was still in school. Yeah, I was. You're talking about when John F. Kennedy was. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was in school, and we all were moved by that. And of course, every anyone, no matter how young or old they were. Just like you're talking about people in your family, you remember it. It's like burned into your brain. We depended on black and white television sets then, I think most of us. And uh, I remember, you know, just hearing the news and everybody was shocked by the news. And then, of course, uh, very shortly thereafter, many of us, including myself, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting with my mother. We were actually at home 
I was in her home, which was yes. my home. I'm having lunch. And she even turned to me. She's watching all this terribly. We know now we realize now uh, unprofessional conduct by the uh, Texas Rangers and the Dallas City Police Department marching he, uh, the, the shooter, Lee Harvey Oswald, before the cameras time and time again. And she turned to me and she said, literally, this is a true story. She turned to me and said, somebody's going to shoot that guy. <laughs> and literally 10 seconds later, that's what happened. Oh, wow. We were both sitting there absolutely dumbfounded. Yeah. We just couldn't believe what we had just seen. And, of course, the immediate news reporters on the scene, of which there were many, they couldn't believe it either. I mean, it, it was. But you see that. And that mishandling of the prisoner was just burned into our mind. Later in my training as an FBI agent, this case was pointed out to us as how not to do it. Uh, it wasn't just the mishandling of the prisoner. It was that there were no clear lines of authority or communication. Nobody was in charge. There was no federal offense then to shoot the president. It was not. It was made a federal offense a few years later. And the the mishandling which I've seen now again repeated in some of these current lookbacks on TV, and people aren't commenting on it, but I comment on it. The mishandling of the murder weapon. They recovered the rifle in the Texas Book Depository, and you see the film of them recovering the rifle. They're picking it up with bare hands, and then later at the police station, there's a long clip of somebody walking around with two bare hands holding the rifle above their head, walking back and forth between the news reporters so they could get a good shot of it. Of course, what that does, it puts the person's fingerprints on it. The evidence is not being correctly um, preserved. And if it ever went to a trial, uh, defense could knock out, uh, could have a shot at knocking out the weapon as a piece of evidence. It was so mishandled, there were all kinds of fingerprints on it. Of course, it should have been preserved and dusted and processed to find whose fingerprints were on it. We, we assume and think we would find Lee Harvey Oswald's fingerprints. But that that was so badly done that it was then burned into us as young agents that if something like this happens again, we should never make these mistakes. Well, you know, it's a different, it's a, yeah, right, it's a totally different thing. And, and, and you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm more in the Jim Garrison uh, arena of the JFK assassination than I am the Arlen Specter one, but that's that's just because I I spent a lot of time on it. You know, for years when I used to work at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, a friend of mine was really we would he we would <laughs> we would rent a room at the at the at the Merc Club and we would go over it into the night and you know eat and drink and discuss it all. But with the with the Reagan, you had him on video. You had Hinkley on video shooting them they were filming it i was watching it and i'm wondering where did your investigation stop okay i got the guy i got him right here and this is the guy and we're going to go after him or did you expand it on to who would have really benefited from reagan's death the relationship between vanderbilt energy which is the hinkley family business that's you know arguably tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, even back then, and the link between other politicians like the Bush family or the rest of it? Or did you just say, okay, we got Hinckley and that's it. Let's book them and cook them. No, uh, Sean, it was very, it was very much done that we were going to turn over every stone. 
and and I in my book I go into that. I think you know I have a very lengthy chapter in the book about the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan. Of course, by background at that time there was a high degree of tension in the in the world yeah. uh, between us and the and the Soviets. We knew that we knew that in some detail in the Washington field office because we had been asked to report to the national decision makers any scrap of information we came up with. Now, what I didn't know, I've since learned, and it's now public information, is that the very morning of the uh, of the attempted assassination, which happened uh, uh, early in the afternoon, but that very morning, uh, the Soviets had moved in their picket line of submarines. You know, during the Cold War, they had a line of, uh, I mean, this is public information now, a line of uh, nuclear-armed ballistic submarines off both our coasts. Yeah. But they stayed a certain distance, I forget what it was, maybe I never knew, certain distance away. And that morning, for some reason, they moved in in a lot closer. And, of course, that alarmed a lot of people high up in the government. So that, that's the atmosphere at the time. And we were bound and determined uh, to turn over every stone. Now, yes, we saw Hinckley do it, but we didn't know for hours uh, that he did it on his by himself. We didn't know for hours... Uh, that he was acting alone, and we didn't know for sure until that evening when we searched his hotel room with a search warrant, and we found the letter that he had uh, written to the actress, Jodie Foster, listing all his uh, his bizarre take on life and world that he thought if he did this historic act of killing the president, uh, she would fall in love with him, this beautiful young woman. Uh, that. That's clearly a crazy person. But, you know, it's always been like when President Garfield was killed uh, about 100 years earlier, almost about 80 Mm -hmm. years earlier, when President Garfield was killed, the man who killed him very clearly said that he was doing it so that the new president uh, would appoint him as the ambassador to Paris, France. Sure. And he really thought that would happen. So there, there are a lot of. Sadly, there's a lot of crazy people in the world. But back to your question. If he would have waited to the 60s, it might have happened. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Well, but back to your question. So we wanted to find out who else was involved. We carefully, we were meticulous about searching his room. Uh, We photographed the whole room before we touched anything. Then we processed processed it for fingerprints to see who else might have been there. And then for several months thereafter, we backtracked all of Hinckley's movements because he traveled a lot around the country, it turns out. All his gun purchases, all his contacts, to turn over every stone to be sure that he's not involved with anybody else. So there was an awareness that we wanted to find out if this was a plot of any kind. Yeah, see, Tom, that's, that's the part that I like, to, I like to dive into. And the reason I say this to you is because it's an interesting effect after the JFK assassination, every beneficiary of the JFK assassination was government, government assets, or people embroiled in scandal like Bobby Baker. You know, this is something when we talk about this, not a lot of people talk about how Bobby Baker, a Washington fixer, he was paid through a Democrat senator, senator. He appeared as an aide to a Democrat senator. But what he really was, was a notable 
uh, wired-up guy who owned a strip of motels. He was embroiled in a scandal between congressmen, businessmen, and bankers, sleeping with high-end prostitutes. This is back in the 60s when this would have been a scandal, as opposed to today when it's Monday. But, um, you know, sleeping with high price and, and, and fixing policies and all kinds of insider stuff. And it was a scandal, and it led, allegedly, back then, all the way up to the vice president, LBJ. JFK gets assassinated, and that investigation into Bobby Baker disappears. And by the way, you could look at this. I think you'd find it fascinating because they have, in the 60s, these these senators and congressmen who, from the House floor, are discussing this scandal of Bobby Baker. It's fascinating. But my point is, at a certain point, do you just take, like, the buttoned-up, okay, it's Hinckley, he liked the young actress, and he's a whack job, or do you think it's a leap to look into the Vanderbilt energy uh, empire, which was the Hinckley family, and to look into the long relationship and the and the contentious relationship between Bush, who was Amico at the time, and all of the different nuances. I mean, is that something that you know we should spend some time on rather than okay, the buttoned up story? What do you think? Well, it it it, it didn't it, in the case of the attempted assassination of Reagan with uh, Hinckley, John Hinckley. It was not a buttoned-up story initially. I mean, as it unfolded, and the the agents interviewed him mid-afternoon. He was very, um, in a manner of speaking, cooperative. He didn't deny he did it, and he told them where he had been staying and everything. He said, when you get to my room, you'll understand why. And uh, as I explained in the book, when we finally did it, we secured the room from the outside immediately, uh, but we, we didn't want to search it, even though he gave us his consent we wanted to search with a search warrant. We wanted everything to be done perfectly. So it took a while that afternoon. The uh, agent, Tom Bush was his name, actually, wrote a very detailed affidavit for the search warrant, putting in everything we knew. And then we searched it together with the Washington Metropolitan Police and the FBI. Uh, and as I say, before we started to touch anything, we photographed and the whole room, and then we processed it for fingerprints. Right there on the desk in the small hotel, the Park Central Hotel, which doesn't exist anymore, right on the desk, he had laid out a map circling the, the Hilton where the president was going to be speaking. He had the morning's newspaper laid out, and, and on it, in, in those days, they pre- they did this for years, all the major newspapers in, uh, in D.C., they published the president's schedule for that day. They no longer do that. He had that circled. And then he had this letter, very uh, carefully written to Jody Foster, explaining why he was doing this, what he called world historical deed of uh, killing the president to win her heart. So it was all laid out there for us, but we didn't stop there. As I said, went on for months. We backtracked all his movements, all the steps. We found out that at one time before the election, you know, because this, ha- this happened in March, the attempt on Reagan. And, of course, he was only inaugurated in January. Yeah. In the previous fall, he was campaigning. And during that campaign, we know Hinckley at one point stalked Jimmy Carter, who was still the incumbent president. And we actually, uh, the agents actually recovered the, uh, the uh, videotape uh, that was made in a crowd. And you can see Hinckley trying to maneuver in a crowd to get in position, and he never got in the right position uh, to, to shoot President Jimmy Carter. So all of that, all of that was discovered and found, including the fact, and this today it sounds crazy with all the security we have today, but several times 
he was found trying to check onto a plane with with firearms, which was actually allowed then. Yeah, the firearms taken off him and put in his luggage, and there wasn't much notice of it. And and of course later on, people said, well, the airline should have notified the uh, the Secret Service, and that's an arguable point, but. That was not the practice then. Tom, one of my earliest memories, I went with my family. I was young and my grandfather had won this trip. He had an auto parts store and he gave it to my, you know, back then you could give the tickets. You didn't, it wasn't as formal as it is now to my mother and father. I mean, I was a kid and we get on a plane and that was when they were in the seventies. Remember when they were hijacking planes to Cuba and uh, that's how it started. We were sitting there and, and, uh, Guy says, well, you know, what about these hijackings? And a guy just next to us, just talking, he's like, don't worry about it. He opened his jacket, and he had like a magnum in his pocket. I'm like, oh, my. You know, I'm a kid, and I was like, good. I'm glad this stranger, who I have no idea, has a three fifty seven magnum in his pocket. I mean, it was a totally different world. But ironically, it was less dangerous. And the, the what I want to ask you that's still shocking and I'm offended at is that this human piece of dung, Hinkley Jr., he's out right now playing a guitar at libraries and bookstores, pretending to be a beatnik in the year 2023. Can you believe they let this rat bastard out and we didn't use him as shark bait? Well, it is hard to believe. And uh, as a a matter of, it's on the official record that the U.S. Secret Service uh, continually uh, protested uh, his release and his his greater liberty that they were given to him. Now he's totally free. Uh, and And the bizarre thing, uh, and I've mentioned this before to people. He he was initially released to his, in his to his mother, uh, uh, and his mother at that time, to be close to him, had moved from Colorado, and was living in Williamsburg, Virginia, in a very nice community there on a golf course. And their house, the Hinkley home, which would then was just his mother, was on a a bit of a hill. I'd say like uh, I've seen the spot. It's like um, hmm. well. 20 or 30 feet in, in, in height, looking over a, a green, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, well, they're heirs to the, their families, the Vanderbilt Energy Corporation. I mean, they're worth tens of, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Everybody acts like he's this poor kid who had a crush. This is a rich family interwoven in politics for generations. I mean, that's the part that sickens me. And I just hate the idea that he kind of got away with it. There was no real punishment. What did he do? He sat but in a hospital and ordered room service. And that and that led to a lot of outrage in the country. But where he was released initially and may still live, as far as I know, in Williamsburg, his mother's house overlooks the screen on the golf course at the very <laughs> golf course in Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, who has played on that very green is President Barack Obama. Yeah. Former, former President Bush played on that green. So th- this is the kind of place it is uh, where, where these kind of – and here he – so you can see why the Secret Service objected to his being released. Yeah. He was put in a catbird seat overlooking where people like presidents go and play golf. Did you ever read how they're like, uh, everybody's like a distant, that everybody in that story is a distant cousin? That's shocking. Did you ever, did you ever stumble upon that? Hinckley no. and the Bushes and Neil Bush and Hinckley's older brother were going to have dinner later that week. Did you ever see that? And then, and then well, they have they have the picture well, of of Lolo Satoro, Barack Obama's stepfather, standing on the green with George W. Bush, or, or I'm sorry, uh, H. Bush. They're playing golf. 
Did you ever see it? It's it's a fascinating turn of events. You'd find, as an investigator, you'd find it very interesting. Lolo Satoro was in the oil business in Indonesia after he was a major in the army, and he was tight with George Bush Sr. You ever see it? No, but oh, I'm not... They're all in the oil business. All of them in the oil business. The Bush family, as well as Hinckley's parents, were very involved in the oil business. We, we do know that, or I do know yeah. that, yeah. You know who's not? Me and you. And we got to work for the rest of our lives. In the meantime, I love what you do. I love the book you you wrote, The Fall of the FBI, How the Once Great Agency Became a Threat to Democracy. I enjoyed your article in the Wall Street Journal today. And most importantly, I love the fact that with all this going on, you still make time to come on my show. He is Thomas Baker. Thank you for everything. I appreciate it. Sean, I'm honored to be on your show. Thank you for all the good you do. And have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We'll be back with your calls. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. See, to me, Squirrel, I'd like to not always deal with the fact that we've got this dimwit in diapers, this political who are a five fracking decade. The most obviously, not just unqualified, but corrupt political whore we've ever had. And this is including LBJ. So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, uh, we're going to get a lot done. If he was a horse, he'd be in a glue factory right now licking his tail moron that he is. All right, Craig and Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean. Thank you much for taking my call and happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you, brother. I'm so offended you know, uh, that this short-in-the-pants dimwit in diapers, his birthday's kind of close to mine, this fraud with his ugly bald head, that doll hair sewn into his skull, and that Botox in his forehead. Very upsetting. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. I'll tell you what's upsetting. So uh, up until a few years ago, I was uh, one of these guys, uh, I would have uh, defended the uh, government, the uh, three-letter agencies, uh, uh, zealously. Oh, you mean, wait, there's a word for that. I believe it's called moron, but go ahead. Yep. (laughs) And so all the things that have happened these last few years, and it's all like, it's all been said, like dozens of different things where they broke down our justice system and our uh, system of justice and then all the corruption regarding going after Trump and all the lying and scheming and then the, inter- the thing with January 6th and all that. And you know what happened to me? And I bet you it's a lot of other people that are listening to your show. What's that? I became ju- just the opposite. I'll tell you what, I got such a low, rotten, uh, such a... They, they upset my stomach because when I think of the government, they scare me because they're so First of corrupt all, and the rotten most, I mean it. That's why I wanted to focus on JFK. This is the most obvious government lie, cover-up conspiracy that this country's no ever doubt had. About it. There is no, no doubt, doubt about, about it. it. It's absolutely fact. And yet they still won't release the paperwork. So you think it's a coincidence that Pfizer doesn't have to release the paperwork on their vaccine for the same amount of time as the Kennedy papers? And when that time comes, it'll be the same thing that happened with the Kennedy papers. You'll wait another 60 years. Hey, Sean. Yeah. This band of rotten, evil pirates... They're the worst band of pirates on the planet and everything that took over this, uh, that are involved in this government. Well, let's not get too crazy. It could be worse. They could be in the 7th century uh, yard gnome costume, worshiping some coward that crawled in a well that they think is their god. Tom and Barrington. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Good, brother. How are you? 
Is this my Tom? I'm good. Yes, it's your Tom. What are you doing, kid? What are you up to? Hey, hey, listen, I'm I'm reaching out to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, you and the and the beautiful family. Oh, but man. you know, you're talking about Biden, and you talk about an impeachable offense. Let me walk you through this. Right. Biden takes office. Lifts the sanctions on Iran on energy, and they <laughs> add what seventy billion in their coffers. Yeah, and well, then, and then somewhere early September they do a, a hostage exchange and release six billion funds, and October seventh happens, and then forty two of our sites get struck by Iran proxies, and we re- release another ten billion. There, my friend is aiding and abetting the enemy, and that is the highest of high crimes. And this guy has got to go. Tom, the money that traces back to his dirty, rotten, fraud, idiot brother and son, the money laundering scheme that it is. You know, you were in the business of, uh, of ch- before you retired, you were in the business of checks and corporate rules and regulations. There is no way they did not know. When I say they, I'm talking about the government. They did not know about the millions and millions of dollars that trace back to dead end LLCs that bank accounts are emptied into the Biden family. There's no way they didn't know. And this idea that we have to go through, of course, and we have to go through a court proceeding. Impeachment is not a court proceeding. All we need is evidence that we as that the representatives can interpret as a a high crime and misdemeanor or misdemeanor. And they can remove this crook from office because every day the dimwits in office, not only is our economy suck, but every day it's more and more dangerous. Every day it's more and more destruction of our country. Absolutely. And just as a backup, Sean, would you get a real estate license in Argentina and then call me? <laughs> Brother, I got news for you. Property. I think we should. I mean, I, I, you know what else, too? Do you see that thing going on in Italy? Or as it's known in Melrose Park, Italy? Did you see that you could buy a yeah. piece of property for like a double saw buck if you promise to put two grand into it? They let you live there. Let's just go wait. Because you know what? Nothing's been done to stop them from stealing another election. Nothing. And if they win in 2024, well, I'm going to go wait it over where at least I know the food is fresh. And listen, uh, Netherlands has a chance to come back right. And I think there is a good chance because there's no dominion in Netherlands or Argentina. Argentina, so, man, might be, might, might be the place buddy. to be. You too. Thank you. Argentina. You ever see the bathing suits in Argentina, Squirrel? Whew, they don't suck. Uh, in the meantime. You're really going to listen to four more years of these frecking Democrats lying right to your face? Well, inflation caused by the pandemic and Russia's war continues to be a challenge. We have seen important progress. Russia's war? The war would have been over a year ago if it wasn't for the American government funding it, let alone fighting it off the books. Oh, I'm sure. How many Azovs are there? Just in the time, just in time for holiday travel, gas prices are down a dollar and seventy cents from their peak. Airline tickets are down thirteen percent over the last year. And car- <laughs> and you know what's great? All the morons in Oak Park, the moron dimwit Democrats, the other idiots up and down the the Gold Coast Democrat stooges. They're too stupid to figure out what they're quoting is from the all time highs in the history of the country. Under the most obvious election theft referred to as the Biden administration. They're too stupid to figure out what happened after he stole the office in the first place. Our rentals are down about 10 percent. 
And as we start preparing our Thanksgiving meals, grocery inflation is at its lowest level in over two years. You have to be a moron. It's 40 to 60 percent higher from a year ago. But that's what I'm thankful about, because tomorrow there won't be a Democrat in the same house as me. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Yep, squirrel, the beaches. You don't even have to wear a bathing suit if you don't want to. Now, the good news is, people there, they don't look like Pritzker or the Democrats that support them. They're good looking. Uh, In the meantime... Do you really want to? I think I saved everybody. We went a very long time without focusing on the reality of what is the uh, feudalism under the dimwit and diapers, some call Joe Biden or the presidency. We didn't even talk about some of the other ramifications that so many people are suffering under. All right, Shannon, thank you. Well, sales of previously occupied homes slumped last month, hitting their slowest pace in more than 13 years. <laughs> previously occupied homes. This is that girl in. Uh, on WGN, the one that looks like Joe Camel, I can't remember her name. Um, that's referred to as existing home sales. Let's listen to this dimwit again. Existing home sales. I don't think I've ever heard this verbiage. All right, Shannon, thank you. Well, sales of previously occupied homes slumped last month, hitting their slowest pace in more than 13 years. Existing. You know what 13 years ago was? More than 13 years? She's talking about the economic collapse. The economic collapse, changing the trajectory of everything from banking to home ownership to money itself. In fact, two thirds of the national debt added by both morons in the Republican Party as congressmen and dimwits, uh, Democrats in the White House like Barack Obama, who, by the way, is back in there, I hope, because the idea that this idiot is doing anything other than waiting for the inevitable so the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, the only good news is he's on a recliner right now in that corrupt billionaire's house in Nantucket on a recliner with his mouth open, probably got the dentures out gasping for air like a guppy. In the meantime, there's always hope. Uh, but I still I still want to discuss the most obvious cover co- government cover up. In American history, I still think it's worth covering. I mean, it's worth covering. I do. Because this is what our future generations will have to go through. They will have to be like we are. Not buying the government tagline on the greatest bioweapon used on to mankind known as COVID. They'll have to go over the most obvious government psyop by the FBI, the CIA, the DIA, and all the other agencies that propped up after they were able to assassinate the president, JFK. And they'll have to look at the buses of the FBI dressed as Trump supporters when they talk about January 6th. They're going to have to pay attention. So let's, let's help them. Let's give them a little ground cover and let the people know we, select few citizens, never bought the government lie of the JFK assassination in Oswald. Worst shoulder weapon. When you try to hit a moving target at 88 yards through heavy foliage, no way. Yeah. FBI tried two sets of tests. Not one of their sharpshooters could match Oswald's performance. Of course not. And you know who knew this, Squirrel? A guy who suffered the ramifications of having JFK assassinated. 
Guy who had his youth stolen, but used the best of it. Guy that went on as from a grunt in Vietnam to become one of the most powerful, not just filmmakers, that's not what he is, but he's a journalist. There will be endless speculation yet again in the next couple of weeks, yeah. if more, around yeah. the 50th anniversary, bound to be. What makes you so convinced that Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone? Well, I was in the infantry. I saw men blown away. I saw them by rifle blast and by bomb. But, you know, I, I resort always to the basics, like common sense, your own eyes. There is this wonderful document called the Zapruder film that shows you the time frame and shows you the, what the shots were doing step by step. And I est- we estimate the people in the community five shots, maybe six. And you show in the, ki- the kill shot, Kennedy is going back and to the left very clearly. The shot has to come from the front because he reacts, he goes back. And there's, now they've put scientific coding on it and called it all kinds of things, but that doesn't work. Nor does the magic bullet, the single bullet that goes, that wounds Connolly and Kennedy seven times. It doesn't work at all, it's a ridiculous bullet. When you take those two incidents alone, plus the autopsy of Kennedy, which is bizarre because most of the witnesses saw a huge exit wound on the back of his right skull, huge. They described the cerebellum falling through the skull in the Parkland Hospital. And later on, when he gets to Bethesda and the illegal autopsy is done, controlled by the military, the back of the head is repatched. And all the photos since then have been... And the people who actually saw the head go and they look at the photo and say, that was not the head that I saw. So it's a bizarre story, but those call three major points. Make will, we a ever big know, case. will we ever know the well, truth? Well, you can we do know the truth, Pierce. We have the absolute and total evidence. The government has been lying to us since the JFK assassination by the government. We'll be back. Back and to the left. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so my next guest is somebody I've been waiting to talk to since the last time I had the pleasure of talking to him. He's not only a member of the Federalist Society and the American Bar Association, but you've heard me discuss legal events that go before the Supreme Court, but he's tirelessly working for the Landmark Legal Foundation as the Vice President of Legal Affairs. He is Michael O'Neill. Michael, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good. Happy Thanksgiving, Sean. You too, you and your family. Here's something that I find astonishing, though. The predicament we're in, and there's no legal way to to make it stop on, on so many mm-hmm. fronts. And, you know, the funny thing about the position we're in is that it keeps getting worse. And I'm wondering how you see it when you look at the at the the issue at hand in our college system. When you look at how our college right. education system is not just devolving because of the quality of the education, but the kids and the and the administrators in it are so politicized at every turn. But I think Absolutely. one that's undeniable is the Islamo Nazi situation in the Middle East. This is like nothing I've ever seen. Right. And I think this I mean you saw just I think it was last week or late last week, you saw that TikTok video of of young people, essentially, I think young, younger people, I mean, Gen Z, millennials, talking about that they'd read the Osama bin Laden letter 
in that we're sympathizing with the letter. And it was a big TikTok video that, and I, it's just astounding to me that, that this generation, that these people, these university students, purportedly educated students have now decided that they're going to adhere to this, this, this mindset of oppressor versus oppressed. Right. And I think that's really what it comes down to. They've been so brainwashed that they think that if you're an oppressed person or if you're an oppressed populace and you can be labeled an oppressed populace, then therefore everything's on the table. You can do anything you want to overcome your oppression. And I think that's what we're seeing here on college campuses these days. Go ahead. Well, you know, Michael, what's what's shocking to me is I have kids that are that age. And my yeah. kids, the first thing they, you know, they, they're not so willing to buy the evidence as just posed to them. For mm-hmm. instance, they want, you know, why would Osama bin Laden write this letter this way and kids not understand the relationship that our government had with not just Osama bin Laden, but with the bin Laden family, with the Saudis. You know, this is something that I think could be a missed opportunity by us to open up the, the, the conversation of, well, do you really think, number one, he wrote it himself, or do you think that maybe there's a relationship that we need to explore? And maybe pick apart that relationship. I think what's most disheartening for a guy like me, I never really went to college. I found it to be mm-hmm. tedious and boring. Good for I went, you. I went to film school and I was lucky enough that there was a thriving financial sector in Chicago. And within months, I was making more than the professor. I said, I'm not going to waste my time. But more importantly, I had a certain respect for people who went to college. Every day of my life since then, I've lost respect for college degrees, college diplomas and for college graduates, because what they really prove themselves to be time in and time out is not just gullible but ignorant to any kind of thought process. How else could you explain the fact that we have a rise of not just anti-Semitism, but a rise of the acceptance of the government tagline or any other tagline that's put before these idiots? They forgot how to think, in my opinion. And nobody's nobody's taught them how to objectively think or to think critically. Critical thinking is out the window. It's just this victim 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 mentality it's an oppressor it's a colonizer mentality and again you don't you see it with this you see it with these protests in the wake of the october 7th attack a horrific attack by any stretch of the imagination one of the most horrific attacks in recent memory certainly for the jewish people the most recent the most horrific attack since the holocaust where hamas terrorists crossed a border into israel and willfully slaughtered Innocent civilians burn babies, and this is, this oh. is these are established facts. This isn't this isn't controversial. This isn't disputed. These are burned babies, raped women, threw women in the back of pickup trucks, and paraded them around, held hostages. You saw it with your own the- eyes, and yet these idiots still denied it. Exactly. The more- and, and what are you seeing? And you saw this. This triggered an, uh, on college campuses where I guess anti-Semitism has lain dormant or protesting or lack of any kind of common sense is, is, is endemic. You see protests for Hamas. Well, OK, let me start here. I acknowledge there's a First Amendment to the United States of America, and you have a right to protest something you want to protest. Even if I disagree with you, even if I think your reason now, your reasons are abhorrent, even if I vehemently disagree, even if it's stupid and idiotic, you have a right to protest. Well, these, these actions on college campuses well, went well beyond anything protected by First Amendment rights. You had at Cornell University, you had a professor, a professor saying he was exalted or excited about the, the Hamas attack. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine you're a student at Cornell University? You've worked your life, you've worked everything to get into this prestigious university. You're there, and one of your professors ex- is expressing sympathy for the Hamas terrorist attacks. Could you imagine if you're a Jewish student at, at Cornell? 
Then you have incidents where Jewish students are sitting, are literally barricaded in a room in the Cornell Library while the protesters are roaming, not you know, protesters, while the violent offenders are roaming through the library, screaming and terrorizing. This them. is something that, that the Jewish people have been experiencing forever. You know, but what, what you want to know what not makes me what makes me sad is that there wasn't anybody like me there. Somebody who's a non-Jew. Somebody to say, what are you doing? And to beat the hell out of the Islamo-Nazi sympathizers. See, that's what I'm mad about. I'm mad at the and, American and, character that it is so low now exactly. that brave people are cowards. Because I, I, I'm so disgusted. At, you know, I opened my show the next day. All right. And I took advantage of the obvious. This is not a country anyway. This lie of Palestine. And the reason that I did this is I am lucky enough to know somebody of character who was born in that region and was so proud, like like so many of the other communists or people descendants of the soviets to come to america to get the hell out of this theocracy where you live like a slave unless you're in hamas and the fact of the matter is for 73 years these morons produce nothing there is no industry there is no export there is no expansion of the sewer system you live like a slave in a room and that's how you live and in the meantime the upper echelon they go live in Qatar, live in Qatar. with billions right. of dollars, billions. you fracking morons. And these morons here wrap that, that, that scarf around their neck and pretend that they're Yasser Arafat. And he was a billionaire who lived in Paris while the people lived in squalor. So this is the part that's frightening. Can, you, can none of them read? Are they all just fracking idiots? I think so. And again, I think it, 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 heart, it goes back to my original point here. I think that these individuals on college campuses in this generation, to, to a large extent, obviously there's exceptions. You have, you have, there's good kids. I mean, there's good kids at colleges throughout the country. I don't, I'm, I'm yeah. not willing to write off. All right, so let's do seventy percent. It's like everything else. Only thirty percent makes the world go around. The other seventy percent are hanging on. And I think back to your your point about the the higher the pre- purportedly the more prestigious the university, I think that percentage goes even higher. You know, maybe, you know, at, at Cornell or at Harvard or at MIT. Well, these are the, these are the, the loin lottery, right? They won the loin right. lottery. Half of them, their grandpappy stroked a check, and now you produce moron grandkids like Illinois' Governor Pritzker. I mean, the, the game is getting sick. But you think about it, you know, MIT, prestigious university, and again, purportedly prestigious, I think that that 70-30 goes to 90-10 or 95-5, yeah. whatever you want to say. But look, at MIT, and the, the, the interesting thing here is, is, there is there's a way to deal with this, and it's actually not a complicated way to deal with this. To the extent, and the, there are news articles subsequent to all of these violent attacks on Jewish students, and again, assaults, these are tortious conduct. This isn't First Amendment protected activity. These are tortious attacks on these students. And it's coming out now, MIT conceded that a large number of these individuals engaging in this activity were foreign students. We're students here on foreign visas. Well, that blew my mind, Sean. Okay, not only are you not American, you're here under the privilege of the American people. You don't have a right to come here to study. You're under a privilege, and you're taking advantage of what are purportedly our most prestigious universities in the world. A degree from MIT, for example, confers enormous, uh, enormous credibility on you. And if you take that degree back to another country, for example, you're automatically lauded as an achiever. So these students here are not even American students. Well, guess what? When you come into a university like MIT, just like all students have to sign a code of conduct, and that means you're going to adhere to a certain codes of conduct. And we have all kinds of problems with these codes of conduct. However, in this case, you're a foreign student. You're engaging in tortious, terroristic activity on college campuses. Well, guess what? There's an easy solution. You kick those kids out of school, 
And then they're no longer students. And guess what? They no longer qualify for student visas. You deport them. There's no way that these individuals have any what? right to remain in our country. You that know, an easy solution. You would have to have the wherewithal to enforce law. You know, and this exactly. is the, this is the other problem. The only time law is enforced is when it is politically convenient and it is against the government supremacist. And this is where we are devolving into a third world country with a lot of money. I don't see any other way to describe it because you'd almost have to not just turn a blind eye, but you'd have to intentionally avoid understanding that it's not just you, Penn, that is a liaison for the ideological enemies against America, like China, but so many of these institutions have a financial interest and are hedge funds, basically, that have a school part-time, but have financial interests in foreign enemies of America ideologically, in China, in the former uh, uh, Soviet unions, and in all of these other areas. Why have American politicians been so unwilling to confront the obvious infiltration of our education system by enemies foreign and domestic, but enemies of America foreign. Why are they afraid to talk about it? I, I think it's a money thing. Again, as you just said, I think these endowments, I think they've been utterly corrupted by the radical leftist Marxists of the country. I think that the Marxists are in control of these institutions. I think they are aligned with money, money that's coming in from a lot of those countries that you're talking about. And I think that these institutions have been corrupted through, 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 through decades and decades. I mean, it's not a surprise. That, I mean, back in the 60s, 70s, the universities and colleges were incubators of leftist Marxism. And I think it's just metastasized over the decades to continue on to where it is right now. But, you know, it's funny. You hear the Biden administration saying, look, we're doing everything we can. The Department of Education is handling Office of Civil Rights ostensibly as the organization that's handled with investigating these anti-Semitic events. Well, again, you have the easiest solution in the world, but Biden has disavowed, the Biden administration has specifically disavowed kicking out any of these individuals off campus. And the, the administrators of MIT, for example, specifically declined to, ter- to expel students who violated their students' codes of conduct because they feared collateral consequences, i.e. deportation. If the individuals in this country, if the Biden administration is serious about combating anti-Semitism, if the universities are serious about com- combating an- anti-Semitism, they should take the most egregious examples of terroristic activity on these college campuses, identify these students, expel them, and deport. It's a simple solution. And it wouldn't, you know what, Sean? It wouldn't take a lot. You wouldn't have to do hundreds. I bet a dozen or so would quell a lot of these well, assaults on Jewish students. You know what else is fascinating to me? The, 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 the psychology of the mindset of an American. We have this idea that people are to be limited by their ability to earn money. And we've compromised with the Marxist philosophy of a progressive tax or taxation in general, right? And we set these standards. Okay, if you make 100000 a year, let's just do simple, man. We're going to take uh, 40000 and you're going to like it or you're going to shut up. And mm-hmm. I pull up the MIT endowment, which right now today, tonight, stands at $23.5 billion. Right. When you hear, now they're all socialists, they're all communists, they're all Marxists. Okay, well, you could end homelessness among the veterans of this country, and I know this because of our work here with Tunnel to Towers, you could end homelessness of all veterans, American veterans, for $4 billion. So your penalty for being infiltrated by communists and Marxists, we're going to take the $23.5 billion. We're going to end homelessness across the country, just of MIT, and then we're going to get to Harvard later, and then we're going to get to the rest of it. 
Why can't the so-called Republicans, inept and as corrupt and incompetent as they are, why can't they float an idea of seizing assets in the way the Democrats' mafia hides behind right. this altruistic virtue of socialism? Okay, we decided we're going to take your money now. What do you think about that? I, I agree. And I got another idea for you, too. Revocation of exempt status. These universities enjoy a, pre, a privileged, another privilege. We're talking, we're talking about privileges here. It's a privilege for important students to come over and study in our universities. It's also a privilege for these universities to enjoy exempt status. Why are these why are these institutions that are committed to the destruction of America ex- enjoy a special exempt status? Why do they get to have this exalted status that any income that they derive, they don't have to pay taxes on above you and I? Again, you and I have had lots of talks, talks in the past about taxation. Yeah. That's another thing that you should deal with. I think I think look, <laughs> as, until these individuals, until these institutions, which take advantage of America, which enjoy the privileges and freedom of America, decide that they're going to get serious about combat, combating anti-Semitism, are going to get serious about promoting real free speech, right? If you yeah. don't, if, if you're the wrong person saying the wrong thing, you'll get you'll get kicked out of school real quickly. But if you're part of the victim class, i.e., pro uh, Hamas, somehow you get special privileges. Until these sorts of things, and again, I keep saying this to you, it won't take a lot, Sean. No, you kick out you, you kick out a few dozen students. Watch what happens. You revoke a, t- a couple exempt status, or you even put them on alert. You watch what will you- happen. These are cowards, and these ultimately, fundamentally, Sean. One last point is these are bullies. These are all bullies, and bullies respect one thing, and they respect power. And until you decide you're going to use your power against them, you're never going to have your respect. You're going to constantly have assaults on the democracy of America. Well, you know, it's fascinating, though, because to me, bullies, but you're 100% right. And and listen, I love to bully bullies. This is what I've done since I was a little kid. You want to bully? All right, now I'm going to bully. And if I can't beat you, I'll end up dating your sister. But in the meantime, the reality is this. There is a way to make this easy. It's money. Because this is a money system. Mm-hmm. This is a money scam. The idea that a college has $23.5 billion of tax-free money, that it can do whatever the hell it wants with, there are no restraints on it. We mm-hmm. got to, we got to, you know, you know what 5% of $23.5 billion is? Let's make that. You're done. Yeah. You're, but you're done now. You're done with your trading firms and your phony programs. Now you're going to buy bonds. In America, you're going to buy bonds in all these colleges. We're going to take the money and we'll pretend it's still yours, but you're going to pay off the national debt or at least buy the bonds. Because the reality is the only reason they have this, and and this isn't something they have in, in Europe, these colleges don't have that money scheme there where they have this taxable endowment system. We created right. this system, which is open for what? It's open so that rich people can bribe to get their moron relatives in there. And that's the only reason it's there. So, and another one, I'll give you another one. We had revocation of exempt status. We had taxation of endowments. Another one here is stop with the government loans. Stop with the free loans. We have these, why have college tuitions been able to have exploded? Well, it's been easy and cheap to get loans for these students. So you had students who are on the hook for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans. These universities get richer and richer so they can build another building or have another endowment or or raise their endowment. So let's stop having easy loans for students too so that you're underwriting. Essentially, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are underwriting these explosions in tuitions. Another, why should should these loans be government, should be government provided? Well, that's Barack Obama, right? He backdoor nationalized it. Yeah, congratulations. And these endowment laws, the reason that they were started was, was because the colleges had no alternative but to be in the loan business themselves. 
I mean, that's how the whole thing got started. Why they even have any money is they used to be the one that if a kid wanted to come there and couldn't afford it, they loaned him the money. It was in their interest to make sure the kid could pay it back because right. if he was a moron, he couldn't pay it back. The college lost the money. But the American government and all of its corruption decided, let's alleviate that. We'll create this taxable fraud so that they'll spew our propaganda. And that's how the college tagline went from better dead than red, which was what it used to be before World War II, to being infiltrated with communists. I mean, that's the only explanation I see. We've incentivized them to betray our principles. And there isn't a politician that wants to touch it with a 10-foot pole. It's like Social Security or any other welfare program. And I think to have two-thirds of Americans that never go to college pay for these spoiled rich kids, will they rack up bigger endowments and bigger corruption? It has to come to an end. Hey, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you, and and every year the kid the college you graduate more and more kids who are brainwashed. You go to an institution for four years purportedly to learn something, and what do you come out with? You come out with brainwashed a generation after generation of brainwashed students. There's no critical thinking. There's no classics. God forbid you actually read Aristotle or Plato or the Declaration of Independence or anything like that. John Locke or any classics philosopher. God, God forbid you're actually required to learn something in college that requires objective or critical thinking, and you just come out brainwashed. And it's, it, until, until we start bullying the bullies, as you just said, it's not going to change. And I think it's absolutely abhorrent that these anti-Semitic individuals who are menacing, bullying, threatening Jewish students across the country at UVA, at Cornell, at MIT, at UPenn, at all these colleges you're talking about, colleges in California, until you start pushing back, you're never going to see a change. Yeah. And what's really frustrating to me is it's a not a difficult, this is not a heavy lift. No, you know, we're talking about all these other solutions, revocation of exempt status, yada, 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 all that stuff. That, that takes process. This is not something that's going to take very long. This is going to no. take weeks. And we got to come up. Month. Yeah, we got to come up with something different cuz I can't date their sister anymore. I'm married. My wife gets <laughs> mad when I go on dates. In the meantime, Michael O'Neill, you know how I like to come up with law cases cuz I love Landmark Legal Foundation, right? Here's mm-hmm. something that I think it's not going to be fought because politicians are cowards and they want the money and all the rest of it. But here's something that I find fascinating that it's legal and maybe it's only legal because it's never been challenged. As we see Barack or uh, I might as well say Barack Obama. As you yeah, see the Dimwood and yeah, yeah, diapers. You might as well say it. As I see the Dimwood and Diapers do this phony altruism where I'm going to pay off the student loans, what they're really Mm -hmm. doing is a math swindle. They Mm -hmm. know that in this economy, kids can't pay the student loans, but who can't they pay them back to? And it's the very entity that pretends to be giving them money, which is where the financial thievery comes in. Because what they're doing is they're simply writing numbers into a column that used to be a receivable. And they're now taking that money that is their benefit and they're making it part of the national debt because they don't have any money. Right. Right. Why can't we sue them? Shell game. Why can't we sue them? Uh, Again, this is my my standard argument. I love your damn standing. You're going to do the standing thing. I always have to do the standing thing. I always have to do it. And again, until you have again, this, this, this is the rub. Unless you general, you have the general default of sovereign immunity. Unless there's a cause of action that specifically empowers private parties to initiate a cause of action, and then you have that unfortunate default. I love your thinking. I always think it's creative, and I always think your <laughs> ideas are great, well thought out, and creative. And certainly, yeah. unfortunately, there is that massive hurdle that courts 
You well, lawyers. You, 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 you freaking lawyers. You've outwitted me again, damn it. We're always annoying. I hate socialism annoying. and Marxism. I don't know why you people made it legal. In the meantime, <laughs> if anybody can beat it, it's you and the people at Landmark Legal Foundation. Michael O'Neill, I love the fact you make time for me. Please keep writing the articles. I know that this one was found in the Orlando Sentinel. Where can they go to keep an eye on you, what you're writing and how you're thinking? Just Yeah, just check out our, our stuff on LandmarkLegal.org. You have our briefs. You have all the cases and stuff we're working on. Everything I've talked to you about in the past, it's all up on LandmarkLegal.org. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for making time. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much, John. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Take care. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Love to eat turkey. <laughs> Love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat the turkey like a good boy should. Cause it's turkey to eat so good. <laughs> a turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat turkey in a big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey, turkey, D. Turkey, turkey, dap. I eat that turkey and I take a nap. Thanksgiving is a special night. Used to be a great Jimmy holiday. Walker one Democrat, one thieving, corrupt, 50-year political whore. And look at what he did. Look what he Many did. other Thanksgiving staples are more expensive again this year. Canned cranberries will cost 60% more. Canned pumpkin prices have spiked 30%. And russet potatoes are up 14%. It's super expensive, and I'm sharing the cost with some of my siblings. Definitely more conscious about what we purchase. But that's not what the affirmative action dimwit, also known as the spokesperson for Biden, is she a birthing person? Oh, she's a lesbian? Well, that explains the job. With prices for eggs, milks, bacon, and fresh veggies lower than last year. Oh, oh, oh. what about the cranberry? Hey, dummy, what about the cranberries? What the hell do you know? What is she, Jamaican, right? She doesn't know about Thanksgiving. Eating, please, what do you eat over there? Plantains? Or is that just the Cuban communists? Which, what do Jamaican communists eat? Oh, let's say plantains. Cream Puff Jim, you don't eat no stinking yeah. plantains. You got that stuffing yeah, in your big ass, don't you? No, I, I'm happy to report I get off the Tucker Carlson diet. I usually buy those swans and turkey dinners, you know, with the... <laughs> I sure you do. Do you really? I, I, yeah, I have them every Thanksgiving. But this time I went to the store and said, geez, you know, I can afford one from scratch this year, so... Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, you sound like a Swanson uh, Thanksgiving dinner would be an appetizer. No? Well, All right. <laughs> yeah, you better not buy cranberries. 60% increase. Thank a Democrat. Mama Cass. Kasha, Jefferson Park. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. I love it. And you are so taking your clothes off in my mind right now. Thank you very much, Kasha Jefferson Park. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Oh, no, I definitely like that. Brian in Wheatfield, Indiana. Hey, Sean. 
Best show on the radio. I just wanted to say oh. thanks for doing your show and your passion. I oh, enjoy you. it every day. Thank um, you, babe. You're great. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you very on. much. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, man. Have a good Thanksgiving. You have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, you, 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 you thanks. Your, I, see, I know. It makes me very uncomfortable. All right, Squirrel. Enough for the inflation. Let's talk about these seven-century yard gnomes. We've got to get to them sooner or later. But before I do, I'd like to set the proper tone. We're going to talk about these seventh-century warmongering, baby-murdering, low-life scum, who, by the way, have now decided, ah, we'll let the hostages go on Friday. They're lucky I'm not in power because I would bomb Qatar. Or what's it called, honey bunny? Cutter? I don't give a rip what it's called. It's where these yard gnomes are hiding. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Stuck. Not to mention the yard gnomes. In the meantime, are they uh, are they attacking us? Squirrel, I think they're attacking us. The U.S. military, and they have retaliated for another attack on our forces in the region after missiles were fired at a base in Iraq, injuring American troops. Our senior national correspondent, Terry Moran. Is it Strahan with his space in his teeth? Is that why I'm listening to that lisp? You're lucky there's a Democrat in the office, because if there wasn't, you'd be eating dirt. We have war in Europe, we have wars in the Middle East, and we are stumbling into World War III. That's what's going to happen with this leadership, because they don't know what they're doing. The contrast could not be more stark. The road back to peace, stability, prosperity, and security for your family begins with a landslide Trump victory in one year from now. We will make America great again, greater than ever before. Thank you. Joe Biden and the radical left Democrats are trying to pose as the defenders of democracy. But in fact, they're the ones destroying our democracy. Crooked Joe and his henchmen have tried to shut down free speech with a massive government censorship operation to silence their critics. They're putting Douglas McKay in jail for sharing a joking meme about Hillary Clinton seven years ago. Nobody ever heard of anything like that. They have four bogus criminal cases trying to put their leading political rival, me, in prison. Let's put him in prison. He's leading by a lot. There's no way we can beat him. Let's put him in prison. Sure. And you know who else wants him in prison? The dirty rat seventh century barbarians, because they understood what it was like when we had a man in office. He died like a dog. He died like a coward. He was whimpering, screaming, and crying. And frankly, I think it's something that should be brought out so that his followers and all of these should be brought out now when they say they're going to release the prisoners and the hostages on Friday. You'll release them today, you yard gnome son of a dog, or we start bombing again. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Squirrel, we got a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for you, Honey Bunny, people at Salem that give me the opportunity to do this. I'm thankful for a lot of things, a lot of things. I'm really also thankful for gravity in Afghanistan. Hello, 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 
Not the livestock squirrel. Not the goats. What are they going to do on Saturday night? Sue and Lansing. Sue? Sue? Yes. Hello. Hi. Yes. How are you? Splendid. Are you thankful? Are you thankful for gravity in Afghanistan? I'm thankful for gravity, of All course. Right, very good. All right. <laughs> yes, um, I called because I wanted to talk a little bit about the Kennedy assassination. Just right. a few ob- observations I had. Okay, let's start off with okay. Oswald didn't do it, and then move on. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Oswald, when he was being transferred from one place to another jail, and before he was shot, he kept saying, "I'm a pasty." Yeah, and the I'm mafia associate Jack Ruby shot him. Yes. Yes. Um, and then I believe Johnson did have something to do with it because we were off of school for a couple of days and we were able to, you know, there wasn't anything else on television. So I watched some of the proceedings, whatever was happening. And, um, Johnson, he looked more than happy to be sworn in as president on the airplane. And of course, now I know better that, you know, I couldn't understand why he didn't wait till he got to Washington to be sworn in. Why on the airplane? So you, you because you remember it, you, you were, I'm assuming you were a little girl, but you remember it and you have all that in your mind and the recall. I'm telling you, Sue, look up Bobby Baker scandal. Look up the Bobby oh, okay. Baker investigation by Congress. There was an entire Senate investigation and the links to that crooked rat bastard, may he burn in hell, called LBJ. Would you do that for me? Because you're going to feel wonder. It's all going to make sense to you. And why the okay, who well, profited? I had some other observations about LBJ. Um, when he was in the Senate, uh, he was very ruthless. I had to do some uh, research, and one of the things was some bill he was working on, and it was actually taken from the congressional record. And he came off as being a big bully and ruthless. And I thought nothing. I mean, I mean, like an outlaw. He just. Sue, look at how he used political influence to put the put the licensing for radio stations and television into his wife's name. He over heaven's sake. He out Biden Biden. It's fascinating. He's a two bit scumbag who I think has a quite a legacy. And I might be wrong, but I think his heirs are still very rich. Sue, I appreciate you, but we have to get to Ron in Branson, Missouri. Hey, Sean. Yes, Ron. Oh, I just happened onto your program this evening on my Wi-Fi radio. hadn't heard it before, and I really enjoy that. You've done a wonderful job on it. Thank you, Ron. Um, you have been speaking quite a bit about the assassination of John Kennedy. Yes. And I was just curious as to whether or not you've read a book uh, written by Roger Stone. No, I don't like Roger Stone. I have to tell you the truth. I don't well, like him. his he... You know His why? Uh, book very much is in line with your. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. He's got a lot of information, but you know, I also remember Ron him being a major part of the problem in the lobbying firm Stone, Manafort, and Black. And if you remember, they used to be the torturers' lobby to such noted scumbags like Edie. I mean, so the Republicans have a bad side too. That being said, I'm sure he has a lot of insight. After all, he was very good friends with Richard Nixon. Thank you, Ron and Branson, Missouri. I appreciate the listening. Everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself, and if you're around a Democrat, just go for a walk, smoke a cigar, and ignore them. They don't make any sense anyway, and they're probably profiting from government spending. In the meantime, we'll be back. I don't come back until Monday. 
Man, oh man, these forced holidays. I hate them. But have a good time and enjoy yours. I'll be back on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.